0: From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin.
1: Everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with my good friend Allison Carmen. And I want to tell you a story about Allison Carmen's first book before we talk about her second book, A Year Without Men. And Allison wrote this great book. Uh, what was it Allison? 2012, 2013, 2014. 2014. Okay. So 2014 she writes this book called The Gift of Maybe, right? And the book comes out. I get a copy from my publisher and I think I don't have a problem with maybe. What is maybe about? And during this time, I had buried my mother. I had ended a 15-year marriage. I had a three-month-old and a three-year-old. And I was suddenly soul-supporting and found myself in lawsuits and custody disputes and uh, Department of Children and Family Services disputes with my ex who had a significant challenge that he posed to the safety, security, the privacy, the everything in my life. So here I am thinking, I don't need this book of maybe. But you know what? I'll take it in the tub where I do my reading and I'll take a read. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Allison, you are talking to me. I made these choices because I was thinking that they were risk averse. This person would never leave me. This this company would never go under. All of these things I realized I had made all these choices. And I did a radical rebuild of my personal life, my professional life. At 50, you know, or 46 years old, I got certified as a fitness instructor and I started teaching at a gym while I run a tech company. Unheard of. I decided to change my tech company from being building websites and advising on internet brand strategy and employing moms to work from home in the tech fields. I slid that over into a multimedia production company. Big, big risks, Allison. And I realized my inability to take a risk to manage uncertainty was keeping me me Small. So 2013, your book comes out. Boom, chuggaluga. All of a sudden, now I'm fully supporting my kids. I got my house out of foreclosure. I'm able to pay for my car and my kids' car. Like things are sunny, warm, and wonderful because I stopped being afraid of taking a risk, stopped being uncertain. So I want you guys to get the gift of maybe. And then I want you to buy her new book, which is very pretty, super cool. It's a 12, uh, point guide to inspire and empower women. It's called A Year Without Men. Allison Carmen with two. L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, Carmen, C-A-R-M-E-N, you're going to want to get both copies, read maybe first, and then go on to The Year Without Men. They're not super thick. They're easy to understand. They're simply written. They're powerful books that you will be glad that you have in your bookshelf, and you will recommend them over and over and over like I did. So, Allison, can you live up to like that introduction to you?
2: (laughs) I think I'm just going to let you keep talking. I,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so tell us I your story.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, tell us your story. You have an amazing story. Um,
2: well, the gift of maybe... Um, was written because you know Barry, you and i have a lot of similarities but i was addicted to certainty for most of my life and if i didn't know what was going to happen next in my life i projected things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out so like many people what i did is i wrote a story and you know looking back it's a story of safety i'm going to get a law degree i'm going to get a job at a really large law firm marry this great guy and then i'm going to be set and like you to taxes bad. like let's let's yeah let's, take that's my taxes favorite part yeah. Could it be it's any more
1: boring? And you know, like boring, like but my
2: dad told me that people will always need you; they'll always need you. So I was set. And I remember actually walking to to work my first day as a lawyer, thinking I've arrived. And then, of course, I get to work and find out they're firing half the first years, so and I was a first year, and they didn't fire me. But that experience of believing if something happens, you'll be okay when that's taken from you, you kind of just spin out of control. And then I had this realization that life had uncertainty, but I couldn't handle it.
1: Allison, I'm just going to stop you for a minute because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And guys, you know, you've probably seen about a million gift guides for the holiday season. The you others, know, gifts for moms, for dads, for guys, for your kids, gifts for your neighbors, cousins, dogs. And you know, you could study all those gift guides and shop at a million different places or spend, like, time running down the rabbit hole on the internet, or... You could start your shopping at Raycon and get a gift everyone will use. Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Now, I have to tell you, I love these earbuds, and I love them for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, they give you amazing audio quality wherever you go. They can be useful for anyone on your list, even better. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands. Or you can do what I do and get yourself a couple pairs. Like, they come in frost white, rose gold, flare red, electric blue, carbon black, like... They have so many pretty colors and I have different earbuds for me. I've got different earbuds for my kids. They're all different colors so nobody gets mixed up and with their latest model you get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with the right amount of bass and like I said Raycons are available in five stylish colors so you pick the perfect one for everyone on your list and with free shipping and returns gifting gets easier than ever. So the holidays are coming up faster than you think. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last minute shipping scramble especially because right now my listeners will get 15% off site-wide with the code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash powered up go to buyraycon.com slash powered up and use the code HOLIDAY to get 15% off your entire Raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash powered up and you know we're talking today with Allison Carmen and she wrote a book called A Year Without Men. And you know, you were talking to us about like spinning out of control with
0: anxiety.
2: And I spun out for many years until one day. I heard this beautiful story, and I'm, I'm going to tell the story to your listeners because yeah. I, I just think it's such a moving story, and it's about a farmer, and it's a Taoist story. So it, the, in a Taoist tradition, things are neither good or bad, but for me, from I'm from the West, so everything I look at, you know, doesn't have hope or doesn't have hope. Right. So he, um, my teacher tells me a story about a farmer who has a horse, and the horse runs away, and his neighbor comes by and says, you have the worst luck, and the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the horse comes back with five mares. And the neighbor comes by to the farmer and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the farmer's son is on the horse. He falls off and breaks his leg. The neighbor comes by to the farmer and says, you have the worst luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the army comes to take the son to war and they can't take him because his leg is broken. And the neighbor comes by and says to the farmer, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. And in the Taoist tradition, it again, it means things that are neither good or bad. But for me... I was always so worried that the horse was going to run away that it never occurred to me like things were bad or I just lost a client or a relationship's bad. It never occurred to me that the next day, five mares could come back. You can get a new client. There could be a new opportunity. There could be a new possibility. So this idea of maybe, you know, it sounds so simple, but it took me from this place where I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't think I was going to be okay. I projected fear. I projected worry. And it made me see that when something happens, we don't know and And when the unknown is in front of us, it has hope, it has possibility, it has potential. And when I stop fearing the unknown through this idea of maybe,
1: My life just opened up. Allison, I'm just going to stop you right now because now is the perfect time to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And you guys know how much I love playing Best Fiends. And I love playing Best Fiends during the holiday season because it's the perfect pick me up or slow me down or just reset me when I need a break from the holiday action. You know, juggling everything we have to juggle this time of year can drive you bananas and one of the things that takes me away from all of the drama the the shopping the waiting in line is best fiends and best fiends has it all it's an amazing storyline has collectible fiends and tons of puzzles you know and i can't put it down and i love to whip it out especially if i'm in a bad mood because it is quite possibly the best puzzle game out there and you can play anywhere and if you have no wi-fi hey no problem you can play wherever and whenever you want in offline mode. And so that's really cool. So even if your holiday travels leave you stuck somewhere without Wi-Fi, you can still play Best Fiends. And I have it open on my phone right now. And right now I am in Buggles Post Office and I'm getting my daily gift delivery. And I'm going to tap on my gift right now. Here we go. I'm going to collect it. And I just got 1,200 of these cute little fuzzy guys bringing my score up to 20,000 058 and I'm one day away from my day 25 jackpot, my 10 free gold bars and tomorrow I can come back for more days and collect a special gift. So that's how fun it is. It's always a challenge. There's always a fresh challenge waiting for me whenever I need this little pick-me-up. So I want you guys to go to download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends you will be so glad you did. And you know, we're talking with Allison Carmen today about her new book A Year Without Men and you're talking to me at the break about taking these risks. Can we talk a little bit about risk taking? I took
2: more risks. I I lived with less stress and worry. I created more and I was really rocking and I and I was like, "Wow, this is this is a great life." And then you know, as my second book talks about on June 30th, 2018, my husband came home and and told me he was leaving me out of the blue. And I remember in that moment that it was scorched earth. I, I felt like someone had pulled my arm off, like, like it was over. And it was interesting because I wasn't even thinking about uncertainty. Like when you're hurt that much, you're not thinking about uncertainty. You're thinking about nothing. You're thinking about how can I breathe the next moment? Right. But the interesting connection is... You know, I'm two days into this horrific situation of my life. I feel like everything has fallen apart and I'm in bed. I'm not sleeping. And I turn my head and there's that book. There's the gift of maybe. I kept it by my bedside and I went into the bathroom and I, I hadn't slept. I couldn't even see straight. And I started to flip the pages of my book. And I see that on page six, I le- listed my biggest fears. And one of them was, would my husband always love me? I don't remember putting that in there. I don't remember how it got there. But in that moment, I had this, like, realization in my head, not in my heart, like, oh, I still have maybe. And it was a very strange moment to know that your life has fallen apart, right? And then I started doing the maybe practice. What's my biggest fear? My husband's going to leave me. Uh, We're not going to work it out. My kids are not going to be okay. Okay. And then I started to ask myself, are you absolutely certain that fear is true? And the thing about fear is that it feels so real. But when you ask, when you cast certainty on it, are you absolutely certain that fear is true? You can't be certain about anything. So we're so ready to like, you know, kind of go against our dreams, but we never challenge our fears, right? So if you're not certain your fear is true, what else is there? And I remember that night I did these maybe statements, maybe my husband i would work it out maybe my kids would be okay and then i had this moment where i said maybe my husband will really leave me and maybe i could accept it and find a way to live and it was a very profound moment even though again i didn't feel it in my heart maybe again it just reminds you that if you're able to handle the unknown you're going to keep getting up every day and expanding, and you are the perfect example of that. You just told the story that down and out things look like they weren't happening, and you realize that it wasn't you; it was your relationship with uncertainty. If right? you're willing not to know, look. When we we think we, you know, we're all afraid we're not okay, right? And and we believe that if we could just find a way to have certainty, everything will work out. But what happens is when you pick certainty, you find out life's still uncertain, and right. the choice you made usually leaves you at the short end of the stick. So look, when you just shifted it, you're like, I'm not playing the certainty game anymore. I'm going to go for my heart's desire and I'm going to life has maybe it opens up. And even though my husband left me and it was the worst experience of my life, my commitment to maybe over anything else is the reason why I'm here today. New possibilities, new successes, new opportunities, but only because I am willing to say what I don't know is my best friend.
1: Right. And I will say that didn't happen overnight. Like for for women listening today, like when you, when your marriage falls apart, we'll just use that as an example, or somebody dies, like my mom died the two months after my divorce was final and I lost my best friend and I lost my marriage. And I had this certainty, Allison, that we would grow old together. Maybe our marriage wasn't perfect, but we had made the commitment, you know, and that was the hardest thing of going like, and I did buy into the illusion of Certainty. I knew if I worked really hard, I was certain I could make money. I knew if I was, you know, really tried hard on a date, I could make that person like me. Like, you know, I was certain of the things I could do. And so I was certain I could, you know, get my master's degree. All these certainties I had, but. They That was an illusion. Those were like fake certainties. The certainties, like what I I took my health for granted, you know, and I had a, whatever, a 12-month battle, you know, with a very severe metastatic malignant cancer. Thankfully, I'm no evidence disease. I'm all good today. But that was a huge thing, Allison, of going, I used to be certain about my health. Now I'm not. I used to be certain about my marriage. Now it's gone. And that type of stuff, and I love how you... You're so brave in your book because you talked about really what it was like. And some people might say, oh, that was so dramatic. It's only because you weren't there. Like there are times that we as highly educated, successful, powerful women cry on the bathroom floor and we walk around in a daze for weeks because our husband that we trusted and counted on to be there for us and love us above all else just took a suitcase during your birthday and walked Out. Like these are things that no one would no one would believe them if you wrote it in a tv show they'd be like people don't really do that people don't wake up and then they make all these value judgments of like well you were just in denial you didn't see it well you know some people are really good at hiding their feelings and if your spouse partner friend business partner doesn't want you to see something a real good chance you're not going to because they've actually made a concerted effort for you not to see these things so before you can jump into tackling uncertainty and the power and really getting the benefit of the power of maybe the gift of maybe you got to heal and that takes time
2: and, you know, absolutely. That takes, absolutely,
1: i was a mess for years
2: yeah. yeah yeah and i look i still have a lot of pain in my heart i have a lot of potential I have a lot of hope but yeah the pain takes a long time but you know what's so interesting that you just said mm-hmm. people say you must have known something There's something about the unexpected that freaks people out. And I believe that people say that to me because if they were to believe that their life could change so drastically in one moment, how would they breathe themselves? That's right. And I have to tell you, and and it's really interesting. And it was actually a guy who said that to me, uh, said something to me recently, said, you know why you didn't know, Allison. You didn't know because that's not the lens how you see your life. Sure. I never thought it was possible that my husband would leave me because I thought we were in this marriage. He was my family. And like you said, just like yours, we'd grow old together. We would share our grandchildren. It wasn't even a possibility. right? So if, if somebody was moody or they were having a bad day, it was they were moody and having a bad day. Like that was just life. So right. I think we all have to be careful that sometimes our fear of uncertainty blocks us from able to see other people suffering as well. Like these are real stories. Like we're two women and look, we, we have a very similar story and we're not the only women out there that life has the unexpected. But the thing is, if we live fearing that moment, We're never going to really know who we are. We're never going to dig deep. We're never going to start businesses. We're never going to go for that job. We're never going to speak up. That need to know, you're right, it's an illusion. But what's worse than it being an illusion, it keeps us from our greatest self. Absolutely. And, And when you're able, so yeah, this is a long path back, but- that idea of maybe and that idea of being friends with uncertainty and realizing if you want your life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. It's life changing because it allows you to sit in an uncomfortable moment, sit in a sad moment, sit in a painful moment, and you could still feel it. But at the same time, you know that life changes. And yep. you know that with with change is possibility. And with possibility, there's potential. So it kind of helps you stay in the process, but also have hope. It's like a hope without attachment. I don't know how this is going to change. I have so many days still where I'm like I don't know how this is going to change, but I know life changes and I know within that changes maybe within maybe is potential and possibility and it's not only bad things that unexpected. People think the unexpected only brings bad things, but the right? unexpected also brings miracles and blessings and new businesses and new relationships. So we just have to be willing to kind of engage in that and that's when life changes.
1: Right. And you got to sit with it for a while. You know, I was married, you know, whatever, 12 years. You were married 27 years. So that's not going to like pop out overnight, you know, and I know that the women and the men who are Mm -hmm. listening, you know, to today's show are going to tune in because of our stories, because they're going through the same thing. Why would you listen to this if you weren't? So I want to give you a piece of advice from the cheap seats, which is when your partner up in leaves like this whether it's a business partner whether it's a a life partner you know and they tell you you're selfish and they tell everybody around you not you but everybody else around you all their unhappinesses and you know she did this and she did that and she did because i found out it from neighbors i found it from common friends what i didn't hear it from was my husband okay and i i I need everyone to know that after many years of therapy and many years of interviewing people on this subject and reading every book under the sun, it is the responsibility of your spouse to tell you they're unhappy so you can do something about it. If they don't tell you what's going on with them and they get up and walk out one day, they are a flipping coward. I don't care if they're a man, I don't care if they're a woman, I don't care if they want their happiness they made a commitment to you that includes communicating to you their needs so i'm going to put this out to my ex to your ex and to every other ex out there that got up one day and blindsided a spouse because if you believe you're selfish if you believe you didn't see your spouse was unhappy it's because they didn't bring it up to you And they didn't make it clear to you. So you could have done something to have a different outcome. And I'll tell you, they didn't want to because it's too hard to go to somebody and tell you that you need something puts them at a disadvantage. Oh, I'm needy now. And the big thing, Allison, and I'll get off my soapbox, is you should have known. You should have known I needed these things. Well, here's the thing. I have an IQ in the triple digits. I have a genius IQ, Allison, and I'm in, you know, can, can prove it with all these tests under the sun, but I'm not a flipping mind reader. So if I don't know what's going on in your head and you don't tell me, baby, that's on you. And I'm here to to say that because I read in your book how, how you know, you were called selfish and I was called selfish. And and people have told me that, you know, you, you, what you didn't know, you didn't see it. You were too busy at work. You were blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Raising, raising kids, you know, ha- having a household, paying bills, making dinner, doing laundry. Yeah. So, yeah, I was too busy to read my ex's mind. But all of that is part of the hurt that comes that sticks with us and i can tell you i have a domestic violence charge against my ex husband i can tell you for a fact it is far easier to get punched in the head than to have words in your head and your heart that stay with you long after the bruise phase yeah and there's it sorry that was just my very passionate you know blow out for today's show uh,
2: but can i tell you It is one of the most important things I think that we could have both shared today is that, you know, I remember my husband called me up and said, well, you know, we 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 had problems. And I'm like, there's difference between having problems and leaving I didn't yes. realize we had problems, but you know what I'm saying. Like, like, and and I think it's important because I think especially women, where are we're everywhere in society. We're made to feel smaller or not as successful, not as equal. And so when someone does it, when they leave you, when they call you selfish, right? You believe yep. it, right? And and the problem is is that when you believe the things that are told to you that don't make you feel strong, that yep. don't make you feel empowered, it, you're kind of like at the end of the line. How are you going to move forward with that feeling of smallness, with that feeling of I'm not good enough and it's my fault? And out of all the things that that happened to me, you know, it was that mantra. And you know, it, it came to me at four o'clock in the morning. I went through, was I selfish? I, you know, I I cooked i took care of the kids i helped him with his health i went through a list and list and list of things and i'm like how was i selfish and then it just came to me that just because he says it doesn't mean it's true and I think for us as women if we don't get that through our heads we are going to believe every bad thing that's ever said to us and again it sounds so simple but that mantra what it does it reminds you wait a second I have to go back to me what's true for me what do I know and it doesn't mean you're never going to listen to anybody but if you don't question what you hear in this lifetime you will shrink you will be taken under the current and you won't be able to achieve the things that you need in your lifetime and 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 so the only reason Sandra and I are here today able to be where we are is because we chose not to believe it. Right. right but I, did it, it you. You know, yeah, I so did it at first.
1: You know, I did it first. I believed all these. You know, here's the person that promised to love you. Here's the person that, you know, you trusted most in the world saying these awful things about you. Of course, you're going to listen. Of course, you're going to hear them. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. I'm not leaving. I'm not the one packing up and giving up. I'm not the one that chose to replace you with someone else. Who's the selfish one here? You're calling me selfish, but you're projecting. You're the actual selfish one. And the other thing it did, and this is the thing about this negative, you know, in a divorce or in a breakup or in a partnership breakup, when one of them starts lodging like big negative snowballs at you. You know, to excuse their behavior or throw you off the scent or whatever it is, the thing you have to remember, especially in a marriage or in any partnership, the responsibility for happiness and joyful coming together, whether it's a business partner or a life partner it's not your responsibility allison it's not mine it's ours it's Absolutely. together and as women we make the mistake of taking the responsibility of the happiness and the family on our shoulders so you're worried about your kids you're worried about your husband you know you're not thinking about yourself and you're trying to make a happy life why because that's what we were trained to do as young girls what did we do we took a baby doll we didn't whip her down the street and buy a sports car we put her in the bassinet we pushed her around we dressed her we made sure she was happy and then we took barbie and ken and what does barbie do in my barbie dream house okay and this is not anti-men this sounds like we're bashing men but we're not but barbie in my dream house cooked a flipping dinner for ken Did Ken get up and do the dishes? Did Ken set the table? No, Ken sat at the table like the king. Why? Because that's what I learned. And that might work for some marriages, that might work for some people, but Allison, it didn't work for me. And so I made the mistake of thinking the responsibility of the happiness of all of my family members was on me. And that's right. faulty thinking. That's wrong. I, first of all, I can't control anybody else's happiness. But when people are selfish and when they do things like abandon work partnerships or abandon marriages, that falls right into the wheelhouse of you didn't make me happy, so I'm leaving.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right. And I, and I think that many women, again, it's it's not against men, not all men are like this, but I I think that women are especially susceptible to this because of how we're brought up. I was brought up to think, look, I have a law degree, a master's of law degree, but I was brought up to think that I needed to find a husband and it was my job to make everybody happy. For sure. And then when people... So then when you're blamed in the end, right, you believe it. And yeah, it's like you have to kind of undo all those thoughts. But for me, like the process of of not believing what someone else says is true. And then also, you know, the idea of trust, like we need to trust we'll be okay no matter what. But all these things really loop back to uncertainty. If you really think about it, like... Being willing not to know. I, I'm willing not to know myself so I can get to know myself, right? I'm willing to go into a new situation because I realize that a new situation can bring good things true too. So it all merges your trust, your ability to kind of not believe what other people say. It kind of ties into the unknown, right? Because without that good relationship with the unknown, we're not going to be able to take any step after we decide we trust ourselves, or we won't be able to take any step after we realize, well, just because that person says it doesn't mean it's true. But if you're so afraid of uncertainty, you're not going to make a move. So well,
1: because well, it ties in, it ties in yeah. perfectly with confidence. You know, I have I'm a leadership expert. I talk about confidence till the sun comes up and down. And where does confidence come from? Confidence comes from the ability to navigate uncertainty. So if you are are uncertain, you're not going to have confidence. If you don't have confidence, you cannot try. You cannot, you know, I have a, a, a conversation with my kid going to school today because he and the, the the dad are having a, a lot of trouble, you know, a lot of fighting and arguing. And he didn't know if the dad was going to show up at school or not. And he got really nervous. And I said, kid, be confident. He's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, you don't, but you will figure it out. Like if you can, if you can handle that, you don't know if dad's going to show up at school and yell at you or pick you up after school and yell at you and you're not going to like it. You know, it's a very small prosaic kind of example, but telling yourself, because this is what I had to do, whatever happens, I can handle it. You know, when I had to go to court, eight years I spent in court with my ex, you know, on and off for a variety of different things. You know, can I handle this? I had to tell myself I could. Was I lying to myself sometimes? Absolutely. But I had to force my belief that I could handle whatever comes my way and that's what experience gives us that's why people with experience have more confidence than those who don't nobody has experience with you know their husband walking up and you know getting up one morning and walking out of your life maybe you have that once in your life maybe if you're unlucky you have twice but this is not something we can get good at Allison like you know it's not like we can practice this or like today I'm gonna pretend my husband walked out and my whole world fell apart how Going to handle it? Like, we don't do this. But what we do have is transferable skills. And that's one of the things with managing uncertainty that I really hung my hat on after I read your book. I'm like, you know what? I've been through corporate shutdowns, I've been through corporate downsizing, I've had a couple um, miscarriages, I've had, you know, family members die. So, these are the life things that I've been to. I think I can transfer some of those skills. And that's the thing, when we look at our relationship or our primary relationship or partnership, we think we don't have any skills. Like that was the first thing that when when my marriage imploded, and all of a sudden I'm looking at this three-month-old and this three-year-old, and he's got his whole life all set up. He's got the new person to go to, the place to move in. You know, he had every all his ducks lined up, and I'm like absolutely Allison, floored and scared to death. And then I remember my father, because my biggest thing, Allison, was like, How am I gonna keep my house? How am I gonna keep my house? And you know what my dad said? He goes, That's what you're worried about? He goes, you've been paying the bills for 15 years. You've been, this is going to be better for you because you have one less mouth to feed. You have one less person to drag you down and take care of. But my whole psyche was like, oh, my God, Allison, I can't do this if I'm not married. But I was carrying the burden anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, how crazy our thinking can get.
2: Absolutely. Because we're thinking that we need someone else to be okay. We need right. this job to be okay. We need this relationship to be okay. We need this thing to happen to be okay. And that's when you're looking at your life and you're like, I can handle this. What happens? Why people get overwhelmed? Is that like, oh, I have these other experiences. I'm going to shut up and be okay. But then if we fear the unknown, the mind starts going, well, what if it goes bad? And and what if it doesn't work out? And what if they say this to me? And what if they say that to me? And then Then we get so bogged down by the fears and the facts that we can't kind of cross over. And, and that's why that, that may be practice. Again, it's so simple, but it just clears your mind. Yes, Because what you do is you, you could write every fear down, even if you want to, like there have been times where I've literally spent 20 minutes in a very neurotic, anxiety-ridden state, and I've written every possibility down that I could possibly think of. But when you ask yourself, again, if you're absolutely certain any of those fears are true, you can't be sure you're going to lose the client. You can't, be sure another one's not going to come in tomorrow. You can't be sure you're never going to meet somebody. You can't be sure you're not going to figure out a way to, to pay your mortgage. And then when you realize like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not doomed. Like that's the thing we all think we're good. If I, if I can't be certain, what is there right. And then you, you actually build the muscle. And I think that's what you're talking about. You build the muscle to say, I know that I've handled things before, or life has maybe, and things always seem to work out, you kind of find this way to just be present and show up that day. That's the thing. Part of life is just showing up, right? We don't realize it. You know, we think life is the same every day, but it's not. We can't see change happening. Life is always changing. And if we, I always say, stay on the playing field. If you could stay on the playing field and show up every day and just be present and say, I have no idea, but here I am something else is going to happen. And we just gotta kind of have to keep digging and digging and digging. And I think you and I, we had this event where we actually thought life was over. Like I couldn't even in my head think about how would I manage without him? How would I afford my bills? I thought I was going to lose my home. I yes. had set up my life financially that we would be together. So, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's so many things. You worry about your kids, you worry about your finances, you worry about, I, I, have
1: stopped driving mental health. Yeah. You know, my it's mental health. health took a big yeah. turn for the worse. And, you know, I want to go back and touch on something you said, because I would hear this a lot in the self help, you know, things I was listening to in the books I was reading, and they're like, yeah, stay mindful, stay present. Nah. You know, like, I-, I couldn't even figure out what that was. And then when I finally figured it out, I want to teach it every chance I get. The easiest way to think about is don't time travel in your brain. Like, when you're thinking, because if you time travel forward to the, like, what ifs or, you know, how is this going to happen or whatever, you know, the future is not written. Time traveling forward just creates anxiety because you can't do anything about it. And then if you time travel backwards, like, you think back, like, oh, my gosh, this happened or why did this, you you know, that time traveling backward, that makes you feel small. That creates regret. That creates... You know, beating yourself up for the mistakes you made. So it's really unless you're with a therapist or maybe in a journal for a very finite period of time, going back in time or going too far ahead in time is no good so that's what mindful means that what staying present means it's keeping your thoughts what can i do today to get me to where i want to be that's staying present and the other thing i'm just going to say because i got stuck for like almost a whole year allison i couldn't i kept teaching vision boards how how like hypocritical is this i'm teaching vision boards when i went to sit down and do my own vision board i got nothing just zero like couldn't think of what to stick on there you know, this whiteboard tormented me for months in my office, and it was because I got stuck, Allison, and I want to know if you did too, or maybe you still are, with, I don't like this, and I don't want this, and I'm resisting it. And that really messed me up. I think it was about year or four, three or four in my journey. You know, I'm about year 11 or 12, maybe 13 out, you know, depending on when you clock, you know, start the clock. Um But I wasted a lot of time with, I don't like this, I don't want this, I don't want this happening. And I kind of stayed stuck in this little limbo of going, I'm not going to plan anything for the future because I can't see the future. The future is terrifying and frightening. I'm not going to go back in the past because it's too painful. I'm just going to kind of stick like a mule and just hold on to, I don't like this, I don't want this. Yeah.
2: I I think that's very common. I can't tell you how many times like those those feelings come up. But what 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 happens to me is that I realize that somehow I'm linking to expectations somehow when I start to get that, I I am going back in the past because I'm saying that the other life would have been better. This is not the life I would have asked for. I didn't want this. But what happens, I find 10 is that I, you know, I start to sink. I start to stop creating, I, I stop imagining and I stop embracing the blessings. You know, there's this great cup uh, card in the tarot deck, and I pull it quite often, and it's this man, and he's wearing this black cloak, and behind him are um three cups that are no there are three cups that are down and he's kind of looking at them but behind them there are two cups that are still standing and so what i do is i try to look at what's still standing what's still around me what's still possible who am i what are my dreams what are my intentions and drop that expectation because it's really the it, the reason why i say i don't like this. Da, 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 it is connected yeah. back to the life that I thought I was going to have. And so at some point, the life you thought you were going to have is going to stand away in it in the way of the life that's waiting for you. Absolutely. So, yeah. So for me, I'm always very aware of that. And when that feeling comes up, I question it. I say, are you looking at the blessings? Are you looking at the gratitude? And are you still talking about a life that's no longer in front of you? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it, you just can't. And so I realized that when I get like that, it's me. And and again, this has nothing to do with pain. The pain takes a long time. Like, you know, I, I remember I was on an interview last week and someone was like, do you think this is like the best thing that ever happened to you? And I'm like, no, I don't, but I'm making the best of it. You know, I, I think people want me to tell the story that the pain is gone, but life's not like that. But just because I have pain doesn't mean I can't have joy doesn't mean I can't have blessings, doesn't mean I can't create, but that whole thing is like I try not to get into the conversation of I don't like this. It's almost like I accept this and, and what can I make from it? That, that's that probably the question. That takes that time. That and takes also time. pain takes time. Pain takes oh. time. You know, you can't you can't push your way out of this. You could almost like process your way out of it.
1: But no, and that's like- the difference between intellectualizing and feeling it. That's why journaling does so good. I pour my feelings out in my journal. It doesn't need to be given to anyone. Sometimes I've I ripped them in half, put one in a Target garbage can, one in a Walmart, so people couldn't put it together, like, you know, things like that. But I think, Allison, I, I want to fast forward to you now. Let's just pretend, even though we're not supposed to time travel. 10 years from now, I can look you in the eye and say the most painful, awful experience of my life, which was, you know, my husband leaving, my mother dying, my foreclosure, you know, all of those things that happened. The absolute worst time in my life was the best thing for me. Now, but that took a decade for me to be able to say that because now I have the comfort of looking back and going, wow, you wouldn't have switched into your multimedia business. You wouldn't have, you know, these deals. You wouldn't be flying all over the world. You would be sitting home because now what's great, and this is, this is gets really fun and no disrespect to remarriages, but when you get to watch your spouse go into a new marriage and see all the lunacy it's like front row movie at a popcorn fest where you're just laughing and going now granted people change and people do different things but zebras don't change their stripes Like a zebra is still going to be a zebra. It can put a hat on or a puka shell necklace or a bracelet on its hoof. You know, it can do all these things, but it's still going to be what it's going to be. And every once in a while when I'm feeling down about my current life, because we crave normal and that was our old normal. You know, and that was familiar. Didn't mean it was good for us, but it was familiar. And when you enter into a new relationship or a new company, you'll be like, oh, this is different. I don't know if I like this or not. And you actually have to think about it and feel it in your heart and check it in your gut, like head check, heart check, gut check, you know, because your your trust is broken and your trust in yourself is broken. And that's, that's the thing that takes a while to restore. But now I can look back and see 10 years of unfolding and going, wow, great radio career. She's writing a book. She's meeting all these wonderful people like you, Allison, that I never would have met in a million years. If my husband didn't walk out that day, I would be still living in the house, taking care of the kids, pandering to his ego, you know, living a small life so he could feel good about his life. So, yeah. 10 years later, after the hurt has passed, after everything settled down and kind of into a new normal, would I ever go back to that life? Never in a million years. Do I miss it ever anymore? No. What I missed was the normalcy, the familiarity, because when this happens to you, everything changes. It does, but it doesn't. Your hair is still the same. Your comforter is still the same, the one that you didn't get rid of, you know. These things are still the same, but everything's different. It's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like an alternate reality experience because your life shifts so much But yet your kids are still there. Your comforter is still the same, but everything is now different. And that's psychologically challenging. So I think what we want, Allison, when we want that old normal back, we want that feeling of peace and security, even though it was false. That's what we want. We don't want the person.
2: Right. Yeah, but but I also have to say, like, you made the best of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you could have taken another turn. Sure. Yeah, I, I just think like you are somebody that you know. You went deep into self improvement. It sounds like you went for therapy. And you yeah. went a lot because you and you fully engaged in the unknown, right? So, so that's really an interesting thing. Like if if we don't kind of challenge ourselves, right? our lives can become smaller because you could have told if, if you were a different person, there are people, you know, that, that don't recover and, and it's very hard to recover and it takes a lot of work to recover. So I think that the, the path, right, from where you are to where you are is, a, you know, a lot of faith, right? A lot of dedication, a lot of gratitude, a lot of hard work. It's a kind of like life practice, like a very deep life practice and transformation. And I think you're the perfect example of what can happen if when the worst thing in your life happens and you stay with you. You commit to you. You belong to you and you do the work. And uh, I you make I it get sound
1: done. so good and so romantic and so smart. The reality of it, Allison, is I had to go, I foreclosed on my, my place and I had to go clean it out. And of course, you know, there's nobody to help me. I stashed my kids with somebody who would watch them while I clean out my old life. And I decided to stop at the Grand Canyon on the way back. <laughs> so I was sitting, not jumping, I was just sitting at the Grand Canyon, literally like just on the ground, looking at thinking there's, you know, ages, millennia, this can't be that bad, you know, doing this whole thing. And honest to God, a bus unloads all these people and it's some divorced women's like church group that's going to the grand canyon these two ladies and i'll, I'll admit i'm a radio host because i love stories i love to listen to people but i'm also a terrific eavesdropper so these two old ladies sit behind me they were probably in their 60s one says to the other lady she says you know my husband left me my kids were small it was my story and she's in this divorce thing and then the younger lady says to the older lady well when did this happen she's like 35 years ago and i was like oh hell no like i got up from the side of thing i got in my car i drove home i'm like that will not be me i will not be that person 35 years later telling the same story and what happened to me becomes my identity no 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 so That's i have to, how I out That's how something I else to do i you don't want figure out something to be-
2: else. I don't want this to be who I am and I and I have the utmost compassion for people that get swallowed by this, but that's that is the decision I also made. I right. don't want this to be my life story. Like, and it's okay. I wrote a book about it to help women to elevate women, but I don't want that to be the definition of my life. My husband left me. Dot 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 dot. Um, you know, I want to be known as a female empowerment speaker or an entrepreneur or whoever I am deep within my soul. But there are friend. stories that. A good friend. There are stories that change you, right? There are stories. There are transformational transformational moments. And like you said, they're not always pretty. This was not pretty. This was, I did everything I could not to hide under my bed and never leave. It's not a pretty event. But whatever your event is, whether you learn from the most spectacular thing or the most devastating thing, it's like, how do we show up every single day and create our best lives? But I was very aware with you. I do not want this to be the thing that defines me, hurts me, destroys me, and suffocates me every day. And there is an element of choice. Like while you're processing your feelings, you have maybe, you have acceptance, you have that choice to go out, you have that choice to go for that job interview, go back to school, even though... So you feel like, you know, you almost can't breathe at the same time
1: you still are breathing. And so where does that breath leave you? Absolutely. You know what it leads you? It leads you to write another great book, Allison, A Year Without Men, The 12-Point Guide to Inspire and Empower Women. I will tell you, having walked the same walk, these 12 points are so important. I had to learn them the hard way. You don't have to. You can just pick up Allison's book. She did not pay anything to be on today's show. She's just my good friend, and I love her book. I also want you guys to get a copy of The Gift of Maybe. That one I think you should read first and then read this one if you Can't you don't pick up one or the other? You'll be so glad you did. Allison, I got to end the show. Thank you so much, first and foremost, for being my friend. Thank you, secondly, for being brave enough to put your pain in suffering into something valuable. Talk about transmuting energy from something devastating to powerful. This is your girl. If she can do it, if I can do it, you can do it too. We'll be back again next week with another great episode.